hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and drought-resistant shrub for Epi 135 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. And this is definitely a Succotash of an episode. We've got snippets from a bunch of comedy podcasts, and we've got a couple of interviews. So we're going to make this a Succotash Clips and Chats show. I've got a brief chat via the new Spare Men app. With Chris Mancini, co-host of the Comedy Film Nerds podcast and co-organizer of the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. We talk a little bit about his Earbuds podcast-oriented documentary, his graphic novel that he just successfully kickstarted into existence, and Chris and I talk about my upcoming official duty in this year's fifth edition of the L.A. PodFest. You know what I love about you when you come to PodFest? It's like you always go into the lab, but you don't just use the lab. You set up. <laughs> like you're literally, oh, yeah. you're in that lab for three days. You bring your own placemat. You uh, <laughs> you pick out the best spot, and you pretty much camp out for three days. <laughs> I do. I do. In fact, the microphones I set up don't even, they're not even connected to anything. They just make it look. They just make it look like it's really official. Also, this show, I've got a longer chat with Ned Kenny, the brains behind Laughable, a new app that's specifically for and about comedy podcasts. Finding them, listening to them, and learning more about the people behind them. I've kind of fallen in love with this app and how easy it is to find and download comedy podcasts, which is, as you know my stock in trade. Ned talks about why he came up with the idea and what he's been through to get the thing up and launched. You know, the, the big challenge with, with podcasts, too, as we, as we try to grow the market, um, is that when you listen to a really good podcast, there's really nothing like it. You know, it's, it's intimate. It's interesting. It'll, it allows you to explore a, a topic or a person in a way that, that really no other format allows you to. Uh, but the flip side of that is that when you listen to a podcast that sucks, especially if you're patient and give it three hours, um, <laughs> that can be really discouraging to people. Podcast-wise, on this installment of Succotash, we've got clips from Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Horribly Awkward, Irresponsible Mentors, The Naked Porch Podcast, and a long-delayed visit to the podcast Graveyard, where we dig up a show that hasn't been around for about a year. In addition, we've got a double dose of our Burst of Durst segment with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, a new song and a succotash tribute from our acapella singing friend Abner Surd, and a dip into the tweet sack. Later, Tweety. Hold it. Hold it. We got a weak finish. Let's get to it all, shall we? Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about gun control. And I know in most of red state America, the definition of gun control is using two hands and hitting the target. But then some fruitcake actually uses those techniques to take out a bunch of innocent people, and we all start talking about putting restrictions on who can purchase guns and whether we need to know who they are. Yes, we do. You need to apply for a card to take a book out of a library. Admittedly, in the right hands, books can be more dangerous than guns, but they hardly ever put holes in people's bodies that the blood leaks out of way too quick. 
Occasionally, when the body count shoots into double digits, like now, the banning of a whole category of these high-powered personal weapons of destruction gets discussed. For a minute. Then the Republicans get handed talking points from the NRA and start manning the barricades. Assault weapons can be used as legitimate hunting rifles. Really? That's your argument? Because, yeah, your reasoning makes a sort of sense. You can also use a chainsaw to cut butter. Gonna get a little messy around muffin time. When you think about it, a hand grenade will signal the end of recess. Doorbells can be rung with a 12-pound sledgehammer. Once. We call them assault weapons for a reason. They're not for tucking kitties into bed. They're for assaults. Yes, the Second Amendment guarantees a well-regulated militia the right to bear arms. But at the time, our founding fathers were talking about one-shot muskets, not HKMG4s capable of shooting out 770 45 caliber bullets in under a minute with a range of a half a mile. Hunting weapons? Seriously? What are you hunting? A herd of triceratops? Can you imagine someone putting a full clip into a deer at 30 yards? You'd end up with venison jerky, in noun and verb forms. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast, podcast, I'm Will Durst. There's your first taste of Durst this episode. If you just can't wait till the end when I hit you with the second burst, feel free to click over to his home site, willdurst.com. Yes, that's right. He's also tweeting at Will Durst. The first clip for this episode is from Bad Cop, Bad Cop, a show that I have never heard of before, which is becoming the rule rather than the exception, it seems. There are so many comedy podcasts out there. It was uploaded directly to us by a listener, an unidentified listener, except for their email address, which I won't give out. He or she says about Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Quote, one of my favorite shows. It's hard to pin down a small segment of this show, but here it is. These guys have an infectious giggle and have me PMSL each week. Now, I suspect the listener's British, as PMSL stands for Piss Myself Laughing, which is the English version, sort of, of ROFL Rolling on the Floor Laughing. The co-hosts of this show are named Jerry and Dave, no last names that I can find, who, according to the About blurb on their home site, are, quote, two guys with pretty bad attitudes, unquote. And here they are now. What, what do I have to complain about? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm employed. I have enough money to live. It's good. I'm, I'm doing fine. It's good. My wife's a good bit all right. She got cans. My wife's got good cans. <laughs> She does. She does. Got good cans. Got, got good cans. Nice big ones. <laughs> As I noted a couple of weeks Very ago. Very proportioned. They're good. Yeah. Good. They well, that was creepy. Yeah. They held up. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Go ahead. Oh, I've got good cans. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, she does. Yeah. Oh, mm. those Jenna Owens cans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in this house is a shrine to my wife's kids. Uh, all right, next. Do you have this one? No, you do. I do. I gave you that. You this sure? is your story. Yep. <laughs> this is my story. Oh, wait a minute. You no, you don't. No, you don't. No. You have it. Here. You, can, you want me to take it? I do want you to take it. Okay. Oh, no. I wanted to read it because I wanted you to laugh. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, I've, I got got a reason. I've got it because I sent this to Jerry. Police, homicide suspect dumped gasoline on girlfriend while she was smoking. 
He hates smokers. He does. He's a fucking fucking smoker. Take that. When did you start smoking? <laughs> I'm putting into that shit right now. Ben Salem Township Police say a Philadelphia man is in custody after a woman was found dead in a motel that he allegedly set on fire. Oh, my God. Police and fire personnel were called to the Lincoln Motel around 2 a.m. Sunday for a fire. When they arrived on scene, they found the first floor of the motel engulfed in flames. The motel was evacuated while firefighters knocked down the fire. After, the, after it was extinguished, authorities discovered a deceased female, 46-year-old Melissa Bacon Smith. <laughs> Of Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) How how fucking ironic. Oh my god. Her last name's Bacon. Yep. And she was burned to death. Yes, she was fried. (laughs) She was fried. (laughs) Oh my god. Ben Salem Township Police say Kevin Small of Philadelphia is in custody at this time. He's facing a number of charges, including criminal homicide and arson. He was arraigned at 2.30, yada, yada, yada. Bacon frying. Uh, Investigators say he was the result of a domestic dispute. Authorities say Small bought a cup of gasoline from the Wawa across the street. A cup. And came, yeah, a cup. And came back to the motel, flung it on Bacon Smith while she was smoking and left. He didn't hang around? Wow. A cup? A cup yeah, they sold a cup of gasoline to the guy. He, he, he just put it in a cup? <laughs> like, he just like, like, like a st- you know what? When I was a kid, I remember, uh, I was like seven years old. <laughs> we visited uh, my mother's family in Oklahoma. Okay. And there was a, a wasp nest okay. under my grandmother's porch. Right. So they wait till sundown, and then they threw some. They were going to throw gasoline on it and light it on fire. <laughs> okay. okay. Some dumb shit gets a styrofoam cup, fills it with gas. Just as he goes to throw the gasoline, it goes right through the bottom. So this must have been a really special cup. <laughs> well, because the gas didn't eat its way through the bottom right. of the cup. Right. It was a plastic cup. Okay, maybe. Could happen. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> but he threw gas on her. I mean, he really didn't like this chick. She what did she do? Well, yeah, first off they're in a ho- they're like in a motel. Yeah. Together, which is kind of scummy. You have to be thinking you're gonna endanger other people when this goes bad. Yeah. You're clearly not thinking though. I mean, that's really a moment of rage, is it not? It had to be. I mean she he had to have just been like completely seeing red or or, or really fucked up. On drugs, yeah. Had to be. Yeah. So there's a sample of the Bad Cop, Bad Cop podcast for you. I think their Facebook page is probably the best place to touch base with them as their .com is, quote, under construction, unquote, with no time given when it might be a go. So just look out for the Bad Cop, Bad Cop podcast page on Facebook, or you can grab an episode or two from iTunes or what have you. Just look around for them. Also, if you're a listener or a podcaster and you would like to upload a three to five minute MP3 clip, just like that nameless person did, you can use our direct upload site, Hightail.com slash U, that's the letter U, slash Suckatash with a capital S at the beginning. I'll also have that link up at our home site, SuckatashShow.com, and you can click on that. That will take you to the upload site and you can do your thing. Another thing you might like to do is talk to me about, well, 
anything, comedy podcasts, reviews, any of the features we have here on Suckatash, or even deep personal problems. I'll do the best I can to help you out. We've always had the Suckatash hotline available, but now we also use Spare Min, the app that allows you to call me indirectly. Spare Min lets me know that someone is requesting a chat. When I have the time, I'll call you back through the app and we can talk live for up to five minutes. The whole thing gets recorded and then I can play it back on the show, which is what Chris Mancini and I decided to to use last week when I wanted to get a few updates from the guy who seems every bit as busy as I am. So, ready for a podcast this year? I am looking forward to it. Are you kidding? I think I was one of the first people to buy my tickets this year. Nice. (laughs) You know what I love about you when you come to PodFest? It's like you always go into the lab, but you don't just use the lab. You set up. <laughs> like you're literally, oh, yeah. you're in that lab for three days. You bring your own placemats. You uh, <laughs> you pick out the best spot, and you pretty much camp out for three days. <laughs> I do. I do. In fact, the microphones I set up don't even, they're not even connected to anything. They just <laughs> make it look, they just make it look like it's really official. Nice. <laughs> and you get a ton of interviews over three days, right? I do. Yeah. In fact, I just kept putting them up uh, one after the other as I did them this last year. It was kind of cool. So that was good. And the fact is, you know, a lot of podcasters I know from the world of comedy and whatnot. So my placement has become, I think, advantageous to the other podcasters in the lab because somebody like Greg Proops will see me, who I used to be in an improv group with. He'll come in to say hi. He'll sit down and then he's trapped. It's kind of like a roach motel. <laughs> yeah, once you go in, you got to do all of them. Exactly, exactly. The uh, the hardest part is having to interview everybody who's already set up in the lab because early in the early going, there's no one else to interview, so you just end up interviewing the other podcasters who are in there. <laughs> yeah, it took a little uh, while to educate everyone on what it was because it had never been done before. Like, what's this room? I'm not going in there. And then uh, people realized that it became a steady flow of traffic. Yeah, yeah. So how are things shaping up for this year's uh, PodFest? Good. We're really excited. It's it's definitely our biggest year yet. We've got Welcome to Night Vale coming back. We've got Criminal. We've got Rooster Teeth. A lot of these giant shows that have never been a festival before. And then we also have returning favorites, of course, like uh, 40-Year-Old Boy and uh, uh, Jimmy Pardo and uh, a bunch of other really cool ones. Oh, good. Good. And just... Uh, just for uh, the Succotash listeners, what uh, what are the, what are the dates in September? The dates in September are um, September twenty three to twenty five, and it's at the Sofitel again. It is at the Sofitel again, yes, and um, it will start the evening of the twenty third and go all the way to the uh, evening of the twenty fifth. That's fantastic, and uh, I'm. Uh, uh, I guess I, I guess this is official, but I'm uh, I'll be on one of the panels this year. Yes, as a matter of fact, I just confirmed it. You will be on uh, one of the panels. I'm I confirmed you on the panel. I haven't confirmed the actual panel. Which one? Okay, all <laughs> but right. You will definitely be uh, be <laughs> on one of them. You'll be moderating it too, which Excellent. would be great. Oh, I know which one it is now. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a really cool, and it's going to be journalism and podcasting. Oh, great. Because, uh, you know, you write for HuffPost. You write for a couple different... Uh, yeah, Splitsider, HuffPost. And um, uh, what you yeah. can do, you're going to be talking to the um, uh, two women who run Criminal. And oh, okay. talk about the the impact of podcast on journalism. Oh, great. That's great. 
Okay, let's really get down to brass tacks, though, and let's talk about how your your graphic novel is coming along. <laughs> yes, it's coming along amazingly. I was so happy to Kickstarter funded long ago and far away, and the artist is uh, doing a fantastic job. Uh, we're already probably about 20, 20, 30 pages in. We've got uh, a ways to go, but I can happily report it is on track. It is not behind. We're right on schedule uh, for a, um early next year release. That's great. That's great. Now, where can people go to get tickets for, uh, for the PodFest before you run out of time here? Absolutely. It's, they go to, uh, oh, so now I heard the, the ding, uh, 30 seconds <laughs> remaining. LAPodFest.com, you could buy physical tickets there, and very soon you'll also be able to buy the streaming tickets, where you buy one ticket, you can see every uh, show in the festival. Excellent. Chris Mancini, thanks so much, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the PodFest. Thanks, Mark. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Looking forward to attending the L.A. PodFest in September. If you're planning on attending, be sure to spin by the podcast lab there on Saturday or Sunday and say hello. As Chris mentioned, I usually tend to plant myself. And also check out the journalism and podcast panel. I am still not sure what day that's going to be, but I'm sure they'll work it out long before I get there. So you can check that as uh, as well. If you'd like to use the Spearman app to reach me, I'm on there as at Hershko. That's H-E-R-S-H-C-O. And so you can uh, place a request for a call, and you and I can chat live for a bit, and I'll put it up here on the show. How about that? Back to the clips. And I really need to thank our associate producer, Tyson Saner, for grabbing most of this episode's clippage. Now, normally I have more information about the podcast that we get the clips from, but sometimes the podcasters are pretty damn stingy with putting the facts out on their home sites. Take Horribly Awkward, for instance. It took several links to find out that the name of the host is Sean Fuller, and I didn't get the last name until I hopped onto the Laughable app and found he was a guest on the Three is Comedy podcast, so they got his name there. Here's his description of Horribly Awkward as it appears on Stitcher. Quote, This is my horribly awkward, guest-driven, improvised comedy and fun-filled podcast. Take a ride with me on this journey with a new guest every week! Exclamation point. Close quote. Tyson pulled this clip from Sean's Epi 42 when his guests included Brink and Jesus, the co-hosts of the Horrible Gamers podcast, Brink's wife Becca, and Rob from Random Ramblings with Rob. Now, I don't want to say that parts of podcast land are getting a little incestuous, but yeah. All right. I almost don't know where, uh, who showed a plug, but uh, let's give a listen to all these folks and see what they got to say. A second ago before you got on, we were talking about how women are bad drivers. Do you agree or disagree? Oh. I think I am a really good driver most of the time, but I definitely suck a lot of the time as well. Dan's a better driver than I am. Okay, we, oh. I was on the defense that women are are the same as men. Men are they're, men are just judgmental. I think that women are really emotional, so we have more road rage than men usually. Um, I get really bad road rage. Like Dan will legit be like, "Pull over! You're insane." Well, <laughs> <shit>. So. <laughs> It's well, too much going on. Yeah, like those videos you see on YouTube and shit that people are crashing into each other because of road rage. You seen those lately on Facebook? Dude, oh, I, that, that, I get that, rid of that. 
That guy who pulled up in the, uh, next to the motorcycles and just took over and rolled over the motorcycle and just didn't give up. Dude, I've seen like all kinds of those lately, man. I saw one where like these guys were arguing and the dude like he got into a fist fight with the guys. I saw then that. He got, got then out. he got in his truck. Then he backed the fucking truck into like their car and just drove off. I was like, yeah. What the fuck? And like the girl was trying to get in between it and she got hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that shit was funny. <laughs> I saw another one where uh, the guy they were driving down this highway. And the dude ran the dude off the highway into a ditch, like completely off the road, got out of his car with the shovel and started beating up the guy who was in the ditch with the shovel. Oh, well, damn. Like, yeah, and the guy the guy that was in the ditch pulled out a crowbar and started fighting back, and they were just fucking <laughs> fighting. It's like fucking epic fight scene shit. Oh, my gosh. That's I don't insane. understand how you be that motherfucking mad. Exactly. To run somebody off the road, like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not that bad, but I get pretty yeah. mad. I like, but I like to like kill them with kindness. So like, if someone like cuts me off or like Sorry. honks at me because I was going like you know thirty over instead of forty over, I'll like give them like a thumbs up and like a big smile, like yeah, you rock. Or I'll be like like double <laughs> thumbs up, or like yeah, or like I'll just like smile and wave, like hey guys, like what's up. And, like, secretly in my head, I'm like, I would freaking blast you if I had a damn laser gun on my car, okay? You get, you get in the, you get the <laughs> double thumbs up, and then you get in a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys! Yeah. Woo! Double thumbs up! Oh, shit! <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did for a while. Like, Dan bought me a shift, like, a, a new shifter. It looked like a revolver to a gun. And I would pretend like I was shooting people. That was like, oh, like, would like cut me off or like slam on their brakes in front of me. I'd be like pew 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 pew. It's all about the pews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really good at sound effects. So. Pew, yeah. pew. <laughs> pew 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 pew. Yeah. So you, you're supposed to come on Class. here and, and defend women, but it seems like you're coming on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, oops. She's on our. I mean, I mean I'm a really right. good driver, so. So there's a slice of Horribly Awkward, now part of the BS Network of Podcasts. Their home site is horriblyawkward.podbean.com. You can also find them on Stitcher, iTunes, and other points pod-ish. We'll be back after this oh-so-important message from our benefactor, Henderson's Pants. Friends at Henderson's Pants, we recognize America's, nay, the world's love for a good pair of blue jeans. Comfortable, casual, and another C word I can't think of just now. But most of the blue jeans on the market today are just so much overhyped, acid-washed, distressed, low-hanging, ill-fitting, poor excuses for denim that Henderson's has reintroduced a true classic, the 100% dungarees. Just like the rough-and-ready trousers worn by our company founder Jebediah Henderson back in 1827, these dungarees are made from 100% real dung. Through a unique patented process, manure from 17 different species, including water buffalo, sloth, and rhinoceros, is synthesized into the most durable fabric ever to come from feces. So durable, in fact, that there's no punishment these pants can't stand up to, and they'll do it standing on their own. You know, people write in to ask us all the time, quote, how do you get rid of the smell of shit? <clears throat> well, never mind that kind of language isn't fit for proper business communication, let alone the intranet. The answer is simple. We don't. In the words of old Jebediah himself, if the pants didn't smell like dung, what's the point of making them out of dung? 
Back in the 1800s, people only thought of Henderson's 100% dungarees as only being fit for the farm. But nowadays, of course, with the entire world knee-deep in doo-doo, whether it's the boardroom or in the classroom, from Wall Street to Main Street, anywhere's the place to be in your flagrantly fragrant Henderson's dungalicious 100% dungarees. Originally designed for the farmer in the dell, demons in hell, and Batman smells, Robin laid an egg, Batmobile lost a wheel, and the Joker got away. This is a lot of shit, you know that. If I didn't need this job... That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1827, and now back to Succotash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll have that interview with Ned Kenny, creator of the Laughable app for comedy podcasts. But in the meantime, I could have sworn that we'd featured the Naked Porch podcast before, but I've just been to the Succotash archives, and I only find mentions I made of the show and no clips at all. Hmm. I know I put them up as a also listening to on Split Cider and uh, Huffington Post. Maybe that's what I got mixed up. Anyway, so it's high time, thanks to Tyson, that we rectify that situation. Rectify? Hell, you nearly killed him. Wow, that's a bad repurposing of a joke. (laughs) This podcast falls into the sitting around and chewing the fat category of podcasts, and these three are clearly having a great time without anyone else's help. From their recent episode entitled Nightmares and Porn, here are Chris, Ray, and Danielle. I tell you, my dreams suck. My dreams suck too, man. (laughs) They were so much better when I was a kid. Oh, no, no, that's actually not true. <laughs> I've had plenty of good dreams as, like, later as an adult that uh, were fucking great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good fucking sex dreams yeah. about all kinds of crazy no, shit. don't do it. But, it turns on me. Never can do it, get it right. Really? I've actually I've gotten into beautiful fucking cars, uh, you know, and, and gotten in and, and like, oh, shit, I'm going to drive this motherfucker in my dream. And I, I put the gas on. Next thing you know, I'm driving down the road, and the car starts disintegrating on me. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I now you never dream. Dream. <laughs> to, to the point where I'm sitting there on a pan. What? <laughs> <laughs> you look like fucking Roadrunner. You're like the Roadrunner. And, and another stick. And I'm like, the fuck? I'm not even driving a car anymore. So you're basically Wiley Cody in your dream? Yeah. Wiley yeah. Cody. Everything yeah. just backfires. Like, yeah, it's fucking motherfucker. That's, that's my fucking dreams. That's what oh, happens God. to me. You know, it's like, oh shit. The fucking apocalypse is here. We gotta get out. Save humanity. Where are my shoes? You <laughs> <laughs> oh, spent the rest of the day finding your shoes. Looking for my fucking shoes. Because I can't go out without right. shoes. You no, know, you can't do that. Duh. Yeah. And you're like, why am I focusing on the shoes? You gotta get the fucking shoes. Like, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking and, and, and then the dream's over. What did you do in your dream? I look for shoes. Did you ever wake up, though, and you're like in a panic? You're like, oh my, my shoes? Where are my oh shoes? My oh my god. No, not even like you're back there. Like, you just wake up and you know, you're like, oh shit, some no, fucked I'll be up like, shit. Oh shit, down. I gotta go back to sleep. Maybe I can get to the point where I can find my shoes. I gotta get back to I my shoes. I gotta get back. I gotta, I get gotta back. end this. I gotta say, yeah, I gotta know how this oh, ends. Oh god. I never find my shoes. And there are other times where I, I'll win, I'll win uh, um, at a casino. I'm like, oh shit. I won. Oh shit, I won. Yes. Wait, I gotta get my money. But it's a dream, motherfucker. You're not getting your money. You know that. <laughs> so you never can get to the window to get the money you're never going to get. Oh, Everything is in a busy way. You're like, your mind's like, no, you don't get this. Does it ever happen where like you can see the window, but the closer you get to it, the further away the window gets? Yep. 
Oh, yeah, shit like that. Have you ever had a really fucked up dream? You wake up, you go back to sleep, and you fall right back into that fucked up dream? Yes. Yes. The I worst. Have. Oh, my God. Actually, there was one time... I can't think of any, though. I don't think of Yeah, any. I can't remember any off the top, but I know we've talked about it, and oh, you've yeah. looked them up. And you like you're like oh that sort of means this that sort of means that. I, yeah tell I us what. how crazy we are look up our dreams and, and, and I uh, I have to research have you ever had it has to have a meaning I can't exist in a world yep. where there is not a meaning to everything I had uh, for a while reoccurring dreams that like my teeth would crack and fall out really me too I fucking hate I that had, I've had dreams where the tooth would actually pry itself yes loose I'd be in a situation where I was like oh shit why am I yeah, and exactly. I put more and more pressure on it, and there's and a real meaning be. behind that. I yeah. just don't know what it is. I don't remember. What it it is. means something. I only but had I had one it up. reoccurring dream in my entire life, and it followed me from childhood to adulthood. Where eventually, when I was an adult, I was like, "This is fucking bullshit," and I canceled it. <laughs> canceled it. Got canceled. Got canceled. <laughs> canceled. Didn't get good ratings. Didn't get good ratings. <laughs> it was a horrible dream. I was terrified the entire dream. Every time it happened, then finally I was like, there's got to be a way I can end this. Whatever it is that's happening in this fucking dream needs to fucking end. I'm going to figure out how to fucking make this thing go away once and for all. The Naked Porch Podcast is part of the FYFC group of shows, and you can easily track their sods down. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, you name it, and Google can help you track it down. Or drop by SuckatashShow.com and click on the title for the Naked Porch blog entry for this show, and that will take you right to their home site as well, because we do that as a service to you and our podcast friends. Tyson clipped this next entry from the Irresponsible Mentors podcast, a title that I love, but he didn't include a lot of intel. And I have to say, after tracking the host back through a few sites, there's not much out there. You know, sometimes this business of clipping podcasts is a thankless task, I gotta tell you. Here's what we know. This is from a mini-sode at the end of May called Comeback Warriors and Unnamed Gorilla Gets Shot. By their cartoon logo, one host is Chip T, the other is SQ space BZ. Does that mean square business or squire buzz? I, I don't know. But let's give them a listen. We wanted to get this hot off the presses for y'all. Oh, go ahead, brother. Hey, the gorilla in freaking Cincinnati, man. The Cincinnati Zoo. Man, get your punk ass up. It ain't even wet over here. <clears throat> hey, well, look here, man. Just give me $10 and I won't say nothing. Get out. Two fish in a jawbreaker. Get out. A dollar is an envelope. Man, what the hell are you doing? Man, you know how much money you can get for a slip and fall in a zoo? Man, you need to stay off that crack, man. Get out. Man, you wrong, brother. You wrong. You wrong. You wrong. Get out. You wrong, brother. Stay black. <laughs> <laughs> What about the gorilla, though? Hi, yo. So the gorilla in Cincinnati Zoo, I guess it was a 70-year-old gorilla. It was an endangered species. Facts. I guess a kid, some way he wandered off from his parents. Facts. He was able to Facts. break through uh, like a, a gate. Facts. You know, some, some trees, some wires. So he falls down into... It's a moat. It's a moat. It's a moat. I believe he you know, hurt himself. I mean, 10 feet for a three-year-old is uh, pretty deep. Facts. So he, he drops down. You know, he's crying. He's yelling. You know, commotion, splashing the water. This gorilla, this, this ape. What's the ape or gorilla? What's the, is it the 
is it a gorilla or hey, he's a gorilla. I have a hashtag, so I'm just calling him a gorilla. So this big motherfucking like 450 pound, you know, monster. They say he's had the strength of six, <laughs> six grown men, right? So he comes over and he sees a commotion. So he drops down and makes contact. He wants to see what's going on. The kid sparked his interest. So he's sitting there looking at the kid. First of all, he, he kind of like he seemed like he was protecting him in the beginning. You know, the commotion of everybody around. Oh, my God. Oh, stay. And then you hear the mother in the background. Stay calm, baby. It's going be all right. Mommy loves you. Right? <laughs> he doing, they doing the most. And then the, the, the freaking gorilla is excited. You know, it's 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 like speeding off the energy. They said it was like disoriented, and you know he was just speeding off the energy. So he drags them by his freaking ankle over. I don't know about I don't know about ten feet. I don't I don't know exactly. Hey, don't shoot me. And then no, yeah, don't shoot me. I mean, the gorilla got shot, right? I mean, hey, I mean, no shots, though, no shots. But uh, so, yeah, yeah, literally. And then he um. The kid, you know, is pretty aggressive, right? He's grab, dragging him through the um through the water, and I'm sure the that that bottom was like full of they said it was cement, so the the kid's heads potentially bouncing off of the freak the bottom of that moat, right? So the kid's heads bouncing, and then you know everybody oh, oh, oh they doing the most some more. So the gorilla being disoriented and he drags the kid <laughs> even further, right? It, it got really aggressive. Only videos that I've seen online was the ones when they showed him inside the, the moat. He gets around a corner. I guess he was able to get him to high ground. He climbed a ladder, got him to high ground, and he had him up there for a while. But I guess they had their their emergency team, team that comes in. They, yeah. they come in and, you know, they take care of business. Thanks. Do not want war. Do not come back. You know, I think that that fucking gorilla just had to be taken out. However, comma, I want to talk about the parents. Because I think an innocent oh. life got took in a day. <laughs> not just a day, but that day. But why, why, but why the parents? Because you would have you been whooping ass if that would have happened in your in your household, correct? Well, no, 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 no. See, my thing is, my my kids would never got that far away from me to begin with. Now, oh, so you that type? No, so you that type of parent that had your kids on leashes? No, no, no. I would never, never. No, I don't believe in fucking leashes. I don't need them. I don't need them because I got enough discipline in my household until my kids not necessarily need even. We don't, we don't invest in shit like that. That's too much like slavery for me. You dig? And I'm not, I'm not trying to go back there. Shout and, out to, shout out to Roots. Yeah, Roots. That's, <laughs> hey, make sure y'all check it out. It's on the History Channel. Those are your irresponsible mentors and they are waiting for you at Podomatic, iTunes, and other podcast destinations. Let's go from clips back to chat now with my interview with Ned Kenny, the app guru behind Laughable. As I mentioned, this is a great new way to slice through the podcast jungle and focus in on just comedy podcasts. And it also makes them easy to stream or download depending on where you are, where you're going, and how you prefer to listen. But why listen to me babble on about it? Let's get the download from the source. On the phone with me is Ned Kenny. Uh, Ned is the. Are you the founder? What what what's your title as oh. far as the app goes? So we're already recording, huh? Oh, I ju- just jump right in. Why not? Wow. 
what is my title? I am the co-founder and CEO of Laughable. Of Laughable. And for those of uh, our listeners who are just beginning to find out or perhaps haven't heard what it is, what, what actually is Laughable at this moment in time? At this moment in time, Laughable is a comedy-focused podcast discovery tool. Right now, we have an app that's available for iOS. An Android version is in the works. And the basic idea is that there's all this great content out there, but it's tough to find. It's tough to find a signal through the noise. Um, so what we're trying to do is create a, a, an app that lets people very quickly connect with the content that is going to entertain them the most. And we think that that's important, not just because it's good for users, but also because comedians and, and podcasters uh, are creating great work, but it's not heard by as many people as perhaps uh, it ought to be. And we think that we can use technology and a comedy-focused platform to fix that. Well, I love the idea of a comedy discovery tool, which is actually what Succotash started out being, and then the glut of podcasts striply, quickly uh, outstripped what I could possibly do, although we still do our best, but just playing five, six, maybe seven clips uh, every couple of weeks just isn't really going <laughs> to be able to let people know what's out there in quite the way that your app is able to, I'm afraid, but uh, we do our yeah. best. It's really extraordinary, you know. I mean, Mark, you you review podcasts for Splitsider, and I mean, your whole podcast is centered around knowing what's out there. And I know you've told me that you're constantly discovering, you know, great content you had never heard of. You, you used wooden overcoats from the UK as one example. Yeah. I'm in a similar boat. I don't I don't know quite an, as much about podcasts as you do, but you know, I've been living and breathing this stuff for many months, and I still come across great podcasts every day that I had never heard of. So if you and I are still encountering <laughs> great new things all the time, you know, you can imagine what an unknown, you know, sea of content it is for, for most, uh, you know, casual consumers of this stuff. Absolutely. And then it brings up the other, uh, the other point, of course, in a sea of content, there is some great new stuff. There's also some really horrible stuff that's floating around out there. Fortunately, those shows don't last that long, but they are out there. And um, woe be to the, uh, the uninitiated who st stumbles across one of those turkeys. Yeah. And, you know, the, the big challenge with, with podcasts, too, as we, as we try to grow the market, um, is that when you listen to a really good podcast, there's really nothing like it. You know, it's, it's intimate. It's interesting. It'll, it allows you to explore a, a topic or a person in a way that, that really no other format allows you to. Uh, but the flip side of that is that when you listen to a podcast that sucks, especially if you're patient and give it three hours, um, <laughs> that can be really discouraging to people. Um, and it can actually turn them off from podcasts, you know, kind of indefinitely. And so to the extent we can help people avoid those really bad experiences and, and get them to focus in on, on the good stuff, we think that we can really grow the market of people that are listening to this stuff. Uh, currently, there, there's somewhere around... 60 million Americans who have listened to a podcast in the past month. Mm -hmm. So how many have listened to a comedy podcast? Maybe between 30 and 40 million. Uh, there's no reason that shouldn't be, you know, 200. There's amazing, funny content out there for everyone, 
pretty much everyone has a smartphone these days. So it's really not about the quality of the content. It's about helping people discover what's right for them and making it easy for them to consume that on a regular basis. And that, I mean, that has been the trick of podcasting for the past decade is how do you make it easy for people to consume? And one of the things that drew me to starting to use Laughable kind of out of the box was this idea that God, it's just so many bad ways to get to it. And, you know, the, the iTunes way is um, their their app, their podcast app is very clunky. And just trying to get uh, – and I can talk about them because they're not paying me any money to, to, to help <laughs> distribute them. And they shouldn't because they, they, they're, they're not very good. Um, they're trying to be everything to everybody, and it makes it very difficult to uh, – to doubt, I mean, I, you and I had this conversation before. My my mother has yet to actually hear my podcast unless I record it for her and give it to her on something she can listen to because she's tried to make her way through the iTunes system and she just can't do it. It's just too too daunting, right? Um, but when I look at the uh, the interface for Laughable, uh, it really makes it easy to to kind of funnel through this stuff and a either like you said, a voyage of sort of discovery of trying to find something you're not aware of. For for my sake, I'm always trying to find particular shows when I'm doing reviews and also when I'm clipping things. I try to find new things, but I also have, you know, I want to hear that great new interview that Mark Marin did or some, something that uh, just came out from, you know, the Nerdist Network, a brand new podcast. So I know where I'm looking for, I know where to go. And for me anyway, Laughable so far has made it really easy to to kind of pluck those things out of the ether. Yeah, well, now I just need to get a, a few hundred thousand people at least to agree with you. There you go. Well, believe me, you're on you're on Succotash now, and you are going to have tens of people <laughs> that are just going to be storming the gates. Yeah. yeah it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think we can give Apple a, a lot of credit. Apple effectively invented the the podcast market, you know, in, in, in 2005, they, they were the ones that introduced that, you know, but podcasting podcasts were consumed effectively exclusively through iTunes for many years. But, you know, it's not reasonable to expect Apple to do absolutely everything. Um, you know, they make the phones that most of us use now. They, they, they have some amazing products, but, you know, let's use photos of, as one example, uh, you know, Apple created the iPhone and, and, really ushered in an era of people having a really high-resolution camera on them at all times. Yeah. But, but it took Instagram, uh, you know, and now Snapchat, you know, to get people really sharing photos and engaging with photos. Right. Um, and so in the same way, you know, I don't think that the burden, not to suggest you were, you were saying this, but I really don't think the burden falls on, on Apple to uh, handle the podcast experience, you know, from start to finish. Oh, no, uh, I they were the ones that really got the, the RSS format going. And now I think there's going to be an opportunity for uh, podcast apps that focus on discovery and, and easy consumption to come in and, and build on top of that great foundation that, that Apple laid for us uh, in order to make users and artists better off. Yeah, I certainly don't want to be denigrating. They, they did kind of jumpstart the entire category um, and to the point that it still has the name of their device that no longer gets produced as as the medium uh, there you go right so um but it's only reasonable to to assume as you pointed out with with things like instagram that somebody else is going to come along and go hey i'm going to put a better front end on this or i'm going to make this more user friendly especially because you know with steve jobs gone it's uh you know he's probably someone who would have said hey you know what we're falling behind in really servicing people 
being able to get to this particular type of content or that type of content. And I think Apple as a company is looking at television now. You know, I, I just heard that they're going to sink like $80 million to start with into like original content uh, to start putting out on Apple TV because they're seeing what Hulu's doing, what Netflix is doing. So clearly their attentions are are being drawn in different directions. So I think it's it, it, it's a great time for for someone to step up and go, hey, I'm going to make this easier for people to get to. Sure. And, you know, we're also, we're also not the first people that are trying to make the podcast experience better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody who I really look up to is Marco Arment uh, with Overcast. Yeah. That's a great app. Um, you know, we, we, he's, really, he's really been an inspiration as far as focusing on the user experience. Um, and, you know, it's not just about the content. It's also how do you deliver it and how do you make it easy for people to, to consume this stuff. We think that by focusing on comedy in particular – that allows us to go a step further um, as far as the user experience is concerned. And uh, the best example of that is the comedian profiles that we have in the app. And in case people are listening and, and want a little bit more context for what we're talking about, please feel free to go to laughable.com and we have a, a link to the app store where you can download Laughable. And what you'll find in there, if you search for um, really any of your favorite comedians or podcasters, we have a very large library, not just of podcasts, but also of profiles that we've created for artists. Mm-hmm. And these profiles have uh, social media links directly to those artists' uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts, uh, linked to their website. Uh, all of their the podcasts that they host are listed. Uh, also, podcasts that they've appeared on as a guest. So even if you're, you know, you're 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 interested in podcasts, but you don't necessarily have, you know, a, a slate of podcasts that you listen to regularly, you probably do have a handful of comedians that you really like. Maybe you saw one of their stand-up specials or saw them perform somewhere. And so what you can do is you can search for them in Laughable and go to their page and see all of their content in one place. And we're, we're calling that a new center of gravity for comedians online. And that's, that's really where the, the personality-driven discovery element of Laughable comes in. Uh, to our knowledge, there's nobody else doing that. And we think it, it creates a better user experience. We also think that it's going to draw more attention to the artists uh, themselves. And, and so we think that'll make them better off, not just in terms of more podcast listeners, but also more social media followers. You're sort of becoming the uh, the liner notes for for podcasts in a way. Uh, you know, when you used to be able to pull out the the sleeve from a record and learn more about the artist and stuff like that. So, absolutely. And you know, one thing one thing we've seen we've been testing this app for for many months, and one of the most encouraging things as we were crunching crunching the data is that people really are fascinated by comedians. They want to go learn more about them. So, uh, again, this is really has nothing to do with a lack of, of interest on the part of users. It's just up to this point, um, it's been very tough to see everything in one place. You have to Google around and find this stuff. Uh, so that we think that by removing some of the friction around learning more about comedians, we're going to drive a lot more, uh, you know, traffic and, and attention at a higher level uh, to these comedians' social social media pages and to their page on Laughable. And, and we hope that we can we can really use this as a as a base just with podcasts and social media. Eventually, you know, our vision is for Laughable to become a, a, a effectively a storefront for each comedian where they can sell. Uh, you know, stand-up specials, 
They can sell tickets to shows. Uh, you know, they can they can do whatever they want to do to accomplish their commercial objectives. And those are a little different for each comedian, but effectively, it just comes down to can you can you find more fans? Can you get more social media followers? Um, and can you sell more tickets? And can you sell more premium content? And and we think that if we can help comedians do that, um, they'll be pretty happy with us. Uh, and we think that we can build a, a successful business at the same time. Well, that sounds good. Um, you mentioned that people are fascinated with comedians. I think my Succotash listeners are going to be fascinated by uh, Ned Kenny. So let's get back to the app in a sec. But uh, how did you decide to to go for this thing, to to develop and make this into something? Well, my professional background is actually in uh, finance and business development at a at a tech company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've not really been in uh, you know the, the the comedy world in a professional context until I I founded Laughable uh, last year. And now we have a, I have a, a co-founder and a, a third developer, um, two guys who are, are really great and uh, are now on this journey with me. But um, the way it really got going was when I wasn't um, you know working working at these other jobs. I was trying to write comedy. Uh, I, uh-huh. I, I downloaded Final Draft Pro and, and was trying to write a TV show um, and doing a little bit of stand-up. And I just want to make it clear that um, I, I think if I really hated somebody, what I'd do is I'd force them to, to, to read my, uh, <laughs> my, my scripts or, or listen to my stand-up. So not like I was any good at it, but I really became consumed by the the creative process and just you know waking up in the middle of the night and just just having that urge to you know get, get up out of bed and write down that bit and, you know just just having that feeling of okay that's it that's really going to work now of course those bits were almost never funny but in that moment i really knew what it felt like to be passionate about comedy it it it, it, it really I, I felt something that i had really never felt before um, and started going to open mics in you know around New York and listening to podcasts all the time. Uh, you can learn a lot about comedians and about comedy in general from these podcasts, some of which are you know nine hours long. Um, <laughs> what, and what were the what were the first uh, podcasts that you started listening to? Um, I loved the Champs. I think Moshe mm-hmm. Kasher and Neil Brennan are awesome. Um, and in, in particular, I remember listening to Neil Brennan talk about pitching half-baked with Dave Chappelle and, <laughs> and going, going to the studio executives and, and mapping out their outline for the movie uh, with index cards on a coffee table. Um, and, and I was just endlessly fascinated by these people. It's like, they tell jokes for a living, and they're successful at it. This is awesome. Um, and then what, what wound up, so this went on for a, a couple of years, and uh, where I eventually netted out, I, I really came to two conclusions. The first was I would never be funny enough to actually be a comedian myself. Um, the second thing was that there is a fundamental disconnect, and that disconnect is that there's all this great content out there, you know, literally thousands of, of brilliant comedians around the world. Um, but most people don't really listen to comedy that regularly, whether it's podcasts or stand-up. Uh, most people don't kn- can't name more than a handful of comedians that they like. Um, and, and that doesn't make sense to me given how much great content and how many brilliant people are out there. And everybody likes good comedy when it's put in front of them. Um, and so... If it's not a supply issue and it's not a demand issue, then uh, you know the conclusion I drew is that it, this is just an inefficient market. 
Hmm. And if we can use technology um, to make the market more efficient, uh, we think that we can make everybody better off. That's what we're trying to do with Laughable. Excellent. Um, what, um, what was it like starting a venture like this? Um, because, you know, just, just like you started, you know, dabbling in comedy, I remember when apps first started coming along, my wife said, well, you're smart. Come up with an app. Just come up with an app. People are making all sorts of money with an app. I go, well, i got to come up with something that people want, and I've got to figure out how to make one, and I just I had other things going on, so I never did it. So um, what was it like getting started in trying to uh, get this this particular app going? Have you worked with on other apps before? Uh, I, I had not, uh, and that was that was certainly part of the challenge. Um, one of the one of the the weirder parts of entrepreneurship is that in the beginning, y- you just have an idea, and you're just kind of faking it. You know, you're telling people uh, you have a company. What does that mean? You you, know, you registered your Delaware C Corp. You know, uh, do you have intellectual property? Do you have employees? Do you have funding? And of course, at the beginning, I had none of those things. Um, <laughs> And it's not like you ever really reach a, a point where you say, okay, today is the first day. This is a legitimate enterprise as opposed to just, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, the, the aspirations of, a, of another millennial who's waywardly chasing his passions. Um, but, you know, you build this thing brick by brick. And, you know, at some point you can see something resembling a house. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd say that the, that the biggest development for me, you know, I, I knew that the ideas were good, but a lot of people have uh, good ideas, and it doesn't mean that you're going to have a successful business by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the biggest step forward for me was finding my co-founder, a guy named Aaron, who's just an awesome guy and really good at what he does, um, getting an office and coming into work every day and starting to build something, right. you know, and being able to show people an app. And that's when it started getting a little bit more real. Um, and then we, we brought on our, our third employee, a guy named Stuart, who's a brilliant developer. Um, and the three of us have just had a great time these past few months, um, you know, really building this thing into something that, that we think hundreds of thousands, eventually millions of people will get a lot of, of, of use and value out of. Yeah. Um, so you've just, uh, just launched like last week. Um, what's, uh, the response been so far? The response has been very positive. Um, and our app has not crashed or, you know, nothing, nothing terrible has happened. So, uh, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> and I think, you know, while we, while we only launched last week, you know, this has been, we've had a, we've had a, a, a prototype since November and, uh, the, we, you know, we've shown this thing to, to hundreds of people, you know, beta testers, um, you know, casual consumers of podcasts, uh, comedians, comedians from open micers all the way up to, you know, top echelons of comedy, agents, managers, club owners. And what, we, what we're trying to do with Laughable is not just create an app, you know, it goes beyond an app or podcast, any of that stuff. We're trying to create a company that can make everybody in the comedy ecosystem better off. Um, and in order to do that, we need to understand what the needs are of, of each of these groups and you know, draw up a strategy that 
addresses those needs appropriately. And that will never be something that we're completely finished doing. It's an ongoing project. It always will be. And it's something that we're really excited to, to focus on. So um, the Succotash audience uh, is comprised uh, to a large degree of other podcasters because that's what we feature and they like hearing themselves on the show, I guess. Sure. Um, so they're out there and they want to get better distribution for their shows. How do they get on Laughable? Are they automatically just part of it? Like what was happening with Stitcher in the early days? Uh, do they have to fill out a form? What, how, how do they get their show up? Well, I, I would encourage them uh, to, to, to start off just to download the app and familiarize themselves with it. And then they can search for themselves and to search for their podcast. And, you know, we, we tried to cast as wide a net as possible um, in indexing these podcast series. You know, we have many hundreds of, of series in the app and that number is growing every day. Uh, and we have over a thousand profiles for comedians and podcasters in the app as well. So... Uh, whether somebody is in the app already or not, whether somebody's podcast is in the app or not, uh, we would absolutely love to hear from people. Um, they're welcome to email us at info at laughable.com. Uh, and they can also go to laughable.com slash comedian FAQ. That will give them a better sense of what the value proposition is to them. Uh, as well as kind of what information they can give us that will allow us to make them look and sound as good as possible uh, in the podcast. So that might be um, updating their social media links, giving us a, a better photo. There's a host of things that we're willing to customize for artists. Uh, and so the specifics are all uh, online. Again, that URL is laughable.com slash comedian FAQ. But I'd say the high-level point here is just that uh, we started this company because we love comedy and we love podcasts and we want to see podcasters uh, succeed, reach a, reach a bigger audience. Uh, and so we are all ears to, to speaking with people and, and helping them accomplish their goals. That's great. It's, I mean, that's why I started Succotash for the exact same reason, which is probably why you and I kind of ran into each other online. Um, and just in the, the interest of uh, transparency, you know, you and I have been talking and, uh, um, you've asked me to try and help you guys do a little of the curating and finding shows and things like that. Um, talking about the ones that are, you know, people should look out for episodes that are just starting out or, um, you know, something that just dropped or something that was, you know, five years ago and nobody's even remembered that, you know, so-and-so is on such and such a show, but it was a fantastic interview, that sort of thing. Exactly. Um, so it, it's kind of, to me, it's like an extension of what I've been doing for the past five years on Succotash, which is great. And, uh, like I said, I enjoy using the app. I think it's, uh, I think it's a fantastic tool. Um, so it's been great hearing sort of how, how it got started and talking to the, the founder of it. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk to uh, either the podcast audience as podcasters or the podcast audience as audience in terms of, uh, the laughable proposition? Yeah, I think we got through. I think we got through the the, the key issues. Um, just some some links. Uh, if people want to read more about our vision for the company, which which really goes beyond podcasts, and we won't get too into that uh, right now. But you know, we want to create a a big media company that focuses on a lot of different types of content. Sure. And it's going to take time to get there, but we really have a vision that we that we feel passionately uh, about. And people can read more about that at 
laughable.com slash hello world, H-E-L-L-O-W-O-R-L-D. And then again, the Comedian FAQ is laughable.com slash Comedian FAQ. That should be a pretty good starting point. People can also follow us on Twitter. We're at laughable. It's just L-A-U-G-H-A-B-L-E. And our email address is info at laughable.com. So we'd love to hear from people. And uh, this is, this, it's going to take a village to build this thing. We've had um, an immensely supportive kind of constellation of advisors and investors, people in comedy, tech, finance. Uh, you know, it's a small team that's working on this full time, but there's dozens of people beyond that that have just done amazing work for us. Uh, and with us, frankly, you know, this is this is a this is a community here. And to the extent that people who are listening want to become a part of that community, uh, we will welcome them with open arms. That's great. Well, I will link those uh, couple of pieces that people can read about in the blog uh, piece to this particular episode of Succotash, and uh, I'll encourage them to uh, to check out the app. It's uh, it's free. It's just you know, so all, all it takes is some time and uh, the wherewithal to download it and take a spin through it and see if you don't find it kind of an easier way to consume what you're already listening to um, in the first place. Yeah, that's that sounds good. And actually, there's one other thing I would mention, which is um, podcasters, comedians in general. It's been uh, it's been interesting to see kind of what the what the common denominators are amongst these people. And at the top of the list, I think is people are really smart, um, and they're they're constantly collecting information. You know, whether that's a response from a crowd or more you know quantified you know data that they might get off of a, a, a you know an online report, they're constantly trying to fig- trying to make sense of the world through their information. Uh, unfortunately podcasting right now doesn't really have much in the way of meaningful data. You know, you, you, you can see your download count, but do you really know how many people listen? Do you really know how many people listen to the ads or skip the ads? And so one specific thing I'd love, love to hear from people um, is what kind of data would be most useful to them. Um, because we want to we want to make this uh, we want to make this useful for podcasters. It really goes beyond just listenership and attention. It also it, it extends to data, and and so we, we're all ears to to what makes the most sense for people to see. That's fantastic. Well, uh, Ned, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. I know it's uh, it's been a busy time for you, and uh, best of luck with Laughable. You and I will be talking uh, as things sort of unfold and. Uh, Maybe we'll have you back on here before too long to see uh, how things are, are working out. I hope so. Thank you for having me, Mark. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, that was great. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, hope, I hope that those first, that first minute came out okay. I don't think I said anything I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick it up right where I start introducing you. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. No problem. Cool. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, you're really fun. you were great. So, yeah, look forward to uh, to more interviews probably coming your way as people start hearing about this thing. Uh, I I feel so much more confident about this with your involvement, Mark. So it's been it's been really great so far, and uh, beginnings of things are are always the best. So I think when we when we have a million users, that'll be good too. But I I, I know that I will look back on on this this period in uh in Laughable's young life uh, very fondly. So very good. All right, man. Well, listen, have a good night, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Alrighty, be well. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. With his app just a couple of weeks out of the gate, Ned is one busy guy. I've been having fun helping him figure out how to curate and feature shows on his app. And i got to tell you confidentially, there's still a number of you guys not on the app. 
even though he's got like over a thousand, there's so many more. So reach out and let him know you're out there. You can, uh, you can visit the site that it's from, or you can just get the app and communicate that way. It's laughable available on, uh, iOS and soon Android, but not quite there yet. We got a fun new song in from our buddy Abner Surd, host of the Tall Tales and Shaggy Dogs podcast. It's called What's Your Garden? Garden. The farmer in the valley loves his garden. He brags about his garden all the time. But all we want to know is what's at garden. And how's a carrot going to stop a crime? Did the taters and the corn agree to be the eyes and ears? And are they keeping watch on Farmer John in case he disappears? And what about the heads of lettuce? Are they thinking of a plan to keep the valley safe from herbivores and vegetarians? Pa, 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 pa. Pa, 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 pa. The farmer in the valley loves his garden. He brags about his garden every day. But all we want to know is what's at garden. And do the peppers ever have to spray? Do the string beans ever weave themselves into a piece of rope to keep the melon thieves away from all the rows of cantaloupe? And what about the rutabagas? Do they turn up in a bunch to check the onion beds for leaks before they take a break for lunch? Pa, 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 pa. Pa, 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 pa. Oh, that's Abner Surd, and I love him. I, I don't know quite how you classify what he does, but, uh, you know, we're such a general comedy-themed sort of show, it certainly fits in here. And coming up a little later, I'm going to play a recent installment of his podcast in its entirety, just because of his ending it with a shout out to this podcast. So look for Tall Tales and Shaggy Dogs on iTunes, Player FM, and Stitcher, or at his home site, abnersurd.com. And now it's been a while, but don't be scared. It's time for a trip into Podcast Graveyard. There are so many podcasts floating around out there that unless you listen to particular ones all the time, you might not even notice when, when one goes off the radar. Such is the case with me and the Tobolowski Files. I really enjoyed this show, featuring actor Stephen Tobolowski, who, with the help of critic and filmmaker David Chen, tell, would tell stories from his interesting life and unique position as being one of the most legendary modern-day character actors working in film and television. Most recently, if you watch Silicon Valley, you'd recognize him as venture capitalist and uh, fill-in CEO Jack Barker. He's also been seen on ABC's The Goldbergs as Principal Ball. He's also been in over 240 other things, according to his filmography on IMDb. I still remember him from early on as Ned Ryerson, the annoying insurance salesman in Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Anyway. Stephen's podcast went dark about a year ago, with Epi 71 dropping on August 13th, 2015. Here's a clip from that episode, which was entitled, If I Know Now What I Knew Then. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? 
Now, the first time I heard this question, I had to think about it. I said, I would tell myself not to be so afraid. I spent so much of my life worrying about grades, about girls, about auditions, about making a living, about my children. The list goes on and on. So many sleepless nights. If I knew then what I know now, I would say, relax, enjoy. Things work out even when they don't, even when you fail. And you don't even have to be afraid of death. When I was almost killed in Iceland, it wasn't painful. It was nothing, just blackness, except for a brief astral projection when I ended up at a party on a back porch in Los Angeles. Okay, I still have no explanation for what that was. It wasn't heaven. It wasn't hell. But the key was it was not painful, and they did serve iced tea. I got the same question from other reporters over the next two weeks. If I knew then what I know now, so I stuck with my answer. Don't be so afraid. I thought it was a pretty good reply. Now, I'm not so sure. I think I may have missed something. The real issue isn't if I knew then what I know now. We can't do anything about that. We can't go back and change the record. We can't even do that in science fiction movies, except for the X-Man movie, without upsetting the space-time continuum, whatever that is. I'm not even sure the listener can change their flight pattern and be less afraid. We all experience what we experience differently. One man's fear is another man's roller coaster. The real question is not, if I knew then what I know now. It is, do I know now what I knew then? So many of our problems come because we forget. We forget what we already learned. We begin to learn that we're physically temporary with our introduction to the Tooth Fairy. Our clothes, our cars, our homes are just as temporary, but we forget. We still pursue them with passion throughout our lives. We buy insurance. We rent storage spaces. We move boxes from one address to another, and it all becomes landfill. That's why a promise is so remarkable. By the force of our will, we try to make something more substantial than we are. When I was a child, I built huge towers with my building blocks in my room. It took hours. That wasn't the fun part. After they were almost touching my ceiling, I pulled out their foundation and made them crash. The sound of destruction brought Mom running. She opened my door and saw the mess. She, <laughs> she was not happy. I told Mom not to be mad. I would clean up my room, which I never did. It was too much work. After about 30 minutes of kicking blocks around, I quit and came into the living room to watch TV. While I was watching Johnny Yuma the Rebel, I heard Mom's footsteps going down the hall toward my room. I heard my door opening, then closing. Then Mom's footsteps started coming toward the living room. She stood in the doorway and gestured for me to follow her. I did. We entered the disaster area. Mom told me to sit on the bed. She sat next to me and said, You promised me you would clean up your room. I will, I said. You didn't. You broke your promise. I don't like you doing whatever it is you're doing in here to make this mess, but never break a promise. 
you only get one. If people find out you don't keep your promises, they will never trust you again. The finality of it all scared me. I cleaned up. It took two hours, and I hated every second of it. I missed my shows, but I kept my promise. That time. I knew then what I should have known now. When you make promises, keep them. The only thing that lasts as long as a promise is the regret you have when you break one. If you'd like to track down more Mr. Tobolowski, it seems that all of the episodes are online. A lot of them are on iTunes, or you can go to SlashFilm.com, where they currently reside, and uh, you can catch up on some of those great stories he tells. Maybe he'll be back. I don't know. Sometimes the stuff in the graveyard comes back to life like some sort of zombie podcast. All right, that's going to take us into the ever-loving Tweet Sack. Hello, Tweety. And let's see what's the what. I got a follow-up email just today from Jen, a.k.a. Sky All Violet on Twitter. Turns out that she's very connected to Rufus and Howard of the Man by Cow and Gret Benchleaf podcasts, but she also co-runs a, very, a pretty popular comedy night in London called Knock to Bag with Rupert Magendi. Magendi, I think that's how you pronounce it. So she wants to turn me on to a whole new boatload of podcasts that are coming out of an online channel she's connected with called Mr. Box. So I've been poking around at the link she sent, and there's some funny stuff in there. So thanks, Jen. I'll be checking it out, and we'll start snipping off some clips. And who knows, maybe we will talk to you somewhere along the way about all this stuff that you're involved in. An email came in from Down Under from friend of Succotash Dean Haglin, co-host of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with Phil Larness and uh, former lone gunman from the X-Files. Seems he's looking into opening a comedy room in the Sydney area, wants to tap into my 30-year background in the branding business to help cook up a name for the place. So I have dispatched a fleet of potential names his way, and once he settles on something and it's a done deal, I will be at liberty to tell you something about that. All right. Got a request to review a new kids-oriented podcast that's launching this week called The Radio Adventures of Eleanor Amplified. I've only heard the teaser so far. Uh, they have slipped me the first two episodes, but uh, just got those today. Haven't had a chance to listen. But it seems like it's pretty entertaining, and it's definitely got a comedy bent to it. Uh, it's also for kids, but that's okay. It's still funny. It's produced by a uh, WHYY and can be found on their site at WHYY.org. And I'm sure probably uh, making the transition to iTunes and Stitcher and all the rest. One of my favorite podcasts, which I talk about on this show a bit, Wooden Overcoats, the sitcom podcast from England about two feuding funeral directors in a quirky Channel Island village called Piffling Vale, has just a couple of days left in their Kickstarter campaign to fund season two. Well, I just looked, and I think they've made their goal. But there is a stretch goal to put out a Christmas special. So why don't you get up to Kickstarter in the couple of days left, search for Wooden Overcoats, and help them make Christmas in Piffling Vale a reality. I did an interview with Chris Revel on his Let's Chat podcast a few weeks back, and that episode's up now. It actually dropped about a, I don't know, almost two weeks ago now. So you can uh, go find it on Laughable, iTunes, and Chris's home site at letschat.libsyn.com. I want to thank the Legion of Podcasters, who are Potter and family, for retweeting the hell out of the tweets about it. I'll be mentioning a bunch of you in this episode's Festival of Gratitude coming up in July. Thanks also to Ed Wallach, the currently itinerant host of Don't Quit Your Day cast. 
Uh, he's been camping out uh, around the Bay Area, and he was uh, out at the Golden Gate Recreation Area near to where I live and where I do my power hike every morning. Yes, I do a power hike. That's uh, pretty rigorous, actually. I stopped by his palatial tent one morning last week at 545 in the morning. It was treated to a blazing hot and not at all bad cup of Ed's Camp Coffee. So good luck out there, Ed. Stay safe. There's all sorts of coyotes and stuff out in that brush. Finally, I was texting with past and future guest Dana Carvey yesterday about what's going on with the Carvey podcast. He and his sons Dex and Tom and Ricky Winston just did their second episode at the Improv Lab this past Saturday night. He said it went pretty well. At least he didn't take a header off the stage like he did in episode one when I was hosting. He's making a decision on which network to take the show to, and once it's all announced, I'll let you know when that premiere episode that I did with them is going to go up. All right, there's the tweet sack, such as it is for this episode. Let's get into the Festival of Gratitude by thanking as many folks as I can cram into the next few minutes for tweeting, retweeting, forwarding, posting, friending, DMing, starring, hearting, thumbs-upping, and otherwise including Suckatash in their social media. Thanks again, by the way, to our eight, uh, associate producer, Tyson Sainer, for the neat keen music bed he put together to run underneath all of these names. Free Advertising Elaine Vitello Berger, Illusionoid, Constant Struggle Podcast, Victrola, Pray to God, QA Live, The Parent Normal, Davian Dent, Sharon Houston, Vin Forte, Full Stack Academy, The Wine Wankers, Storytelling Festival, Texas Music Spotlight, The Irish on Fire, KW Peary, Christine Blackburn, Joey D. New York, Michael David Deck, Jersey Steve, David the Producer, Bry Poe, 365 Flicks Podcast, Mouse Scouts, Allison Chadwick, Jack from ZXH, The Last Take Podcast, I Am Retail Slave, The Sports Stance, Dude Imagine If, Super PP Time, Salty Language Podcast, John Dredge, Juliet Miranda, Mom I'm Sorry, Micah Sheeman, uh, Hotel Celebrities, Three is Comedy, Michael Smith, Mr. Reboot, Geek Yogurt Podcast, Just in Time Podcast, Stack Street, Marshall Peary, High Roller, Plowboy Poet, Hecla Hat Trick, Central States Poet, The Mockers Podcast, Amygdala Magazine, Now That I'm Older, Jacob W. Holler, Jeff Hewitt, Jake and Tom Conker, Dave in the Cave, The Dave Podcast, Elsie Kukiak, Bree Jomson, Broken Filter Live Podcast, Rabbit Stew Comics, Wine Weirdos, Ken Foreman, Mexi Treat, Dorothy Turner, Chelsea, that's it, just Chelsea, Italy Fine Wines, Favor News, Oliver Pickup, Backer Camp, Kirsten Chambers, Audio Oblivious Productions, The Messenger's Doc, Jermaine Warren, Walter Blake Knobloch, Bootleg Bootleg Pod, Podcast Squared, we Got Five Podcast, Luke Frazier, Rock My Image, Neko Taran, Sandra Clayton, Sarah Radford, The Jody and Scott Show, Killing Time, Optic Bite, Lost at Home Podcast, Jordan Brady, Robot Overlords, FYFC Podcast, Charles Gorey, Wendy Stiegel, Second Start Tech, Rush Order, Odd G Productions, David Nelson, Open All Powers Podcast, 
Ninja Pizza Radio, Grendel Wilkie, Spent Podcast, Geeks Out, Heather XO, DJSL22, David Hoge, Rosa S. Condon, Beth Wareham, George Grimwood, Joan King, Adrian Has Issues, Nothing to See Here, The Rock Show, a, mus- a movie podcast, The Psycho Show, Billy D's, Make School, Make School, Steve Francia, Jeffrey Welchman, Teresa Bond slash VQM, Wayne Gale Variety Hour, Ketta and Jay, Yup, I'm Jordy, Harry S- S- Harry Samordo, LCD Geek Talk, Paco Romain, Santo Vigne, Italia, The Czar, Rush Order, and War of Words. Whew. And now this. Hey guys, Will Durst here to give a hearty congratulations to Donald Trump for running the ultimate con. The man is a modern-day P.T. Barnum. In 2000, he told Fortune magazine, it's very possible I could be the first presidential candidate to run and make money off of it. And that's obviously the goal he's pursuing like a kid on Halloween a half hour before curfew. For him, it is now, has been, and always shall be all about the Benjamins. His wife and kids are on the payroll. Almost a fifth of the money that he spent has gone to his own companies and subsidiaries. He billed his campaign over 400 grand for an event staged at the Mar-a-Lago Resort, where Trump lives, his home. Probably did that thing hospitals do by charging a hundred bucks for each ply of toilet paper. He did the same with Trump Tower, the other place he lives. Paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to an airline, Tag Air, and guess who the CEO of Tag Air is? That's right, Don the Con. Some other products the campaign has paid for, Trump wine, Trump steaks, and Trump water. This is probably straight out of one of the courses at Trump University. How to double dip. Turns out all that talk about self-funding was just more snake oil sold to us rubes. He didn't give money to his campaign. He lent it some cash and expects to be paid back by the RNC. He loans money to the Trump campaign, which spends money on his properties. Then the Trump campaign solicits contributions from wealthy donors that it uses to pay Trump back the money he loaned his campaign to buy stuff from himself. It's a presidential Ponzi scheme, or in this case, a Donzi scheme. Bernie Madoff would be proud. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. This being an election year, it's Durst's time to shine, so check out his website at willdurst.com and see where he's playing around the Bay Area and elsewise. He's uh, panning for Trump in pretty much every show these days, so it's well worth checking out. All right, rather than my usual wrap-up, I wanted to feature a recent episode of Abner Surge's short-form podcast, Tall Tales and Shaggy Dogs, available at his website, abnersurge.com, also on iTunes. It's a story rather than a song this time, and in it, he ends up giving my wrap-up line himself, so why not let Abner take care of it? And we'll talk to you later. Marco always dreamed about traveling to faraway places. All his life he had never been anywhere, unless you counted his grandmother's house, which was so far away you had to pack a lunch for the journey. Sometimes, on a warm summer day, 
Marco would fill his lunchbox with apples and raisins and gotta be nuts, and he would walk all the way to grandmother's house, and she would tell him stories about distant lands where people said oi instead of a and ye instead of oo, and all the way home Marco would practice saying oi and ew and nya and hue and Marco's mother told him that when he was older, he could travel to as many faraway places as he wished, but right now he should sit up straight and eat his mixed vegetables and spice. Marco said, Have you ever been far away? Mother said, Oh, yes. When I was younger, I traveled all the way to Little Middling. It was too far away to walk, so we took a carriage. My, those were exciting times. Marco said, Do they say oi and you and hue in Little Middling? Mother said, Oh, heavens, no. They talk just like we do, only perhaps a little faster. Father said, I've been to a faraway place. Marco said, Really? Father said, You bet I have. See that three-legged cow up there on the mantle? That came all the way from Lower Smorgastan. Marco's mother said, When were you in Lower Smorgastan? Father said, I didn't say I went to Lower Smorgastan. I just said it came from there. I bought it years ago when I went on that business trip to Gigantilopolis. Now you want to talk about faraway places. Gigantilopolis is so far away, I had to reset my watch twice before I finally got there. Marco said, Why? Father said, Well, I was in a hurry, you see, and I was moving so fast that even my watch couldn't keep up. Marco said, Oh, what's it like in Gigantilopolis? Father said, It's like a million giant anthills all turned upside down. Marco said, Do they say things like nya and oi and ee? Father said, They say ew a lot, especially after they've stepped in something. I don't remember hearing those other words. Marco said, what are the people like? Father said, First of all, everybody wears clothes made out of diamonds and gold. They eat nothing but sweet meats and candy corn, and they live in castles way up high in the clouds. And every morning they ride their elephants to work. <coughs> Marco's mother cleared her throat, which made his father stop talking. Marco said, What's it like in Lower Smorgastan? Mother said, Eat your saffron succotash, Marco. Father said, Well, for starters, the cows have only three legs. Why? said Marco. Father said, It's because of something called evolution. You see, a long time ago, the evolution in Lower Smorgastan decided cows should only have three legs. But why? said Marco. Mother said, <coughs> Father said, Um, so that the milk doesn't come out square. Square? 
Father said, yes, you see, in Lower Smorgastan, milk cartons only have three sides. Marco's mother glared at Father. Father winked at Marco, but Marco didn't know why. Father's plate was empty. He said, could somebody please pass the succotash? You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.